In 2010, I co-founded a company called Startup Grind with one goal, inspiring, educating, and connecting every entrepreneur on the planet. Today, Startup Grind is now in 125 countries and has millions of members. Along the way, I found the most powerful marketing tool of all time, customer-to-customer marketing. C2C marketing empowers your greatest ambassadors, your customers, to evangelize your brand and grow your community. This is a podcast we wish we'd had when we started building our community a decade ago. Each episode, we talk to the brightest minds and companies on the planet to learn how they build their community and empower their customers. I'm your host, Derek Anderson, and this is the C2C Podcast. Hey, everyone. This is John Fry, the producer for the C2C Podcast. I'll be stepping in for Derek on this episode. I'm excited to have our next guest, Nora Johnson, who is the events and community manager at Modern Sales Pros. On today's episode, we will dive deep into how to prove your community events are successful by tying back to business goals, adapting your C2C events with COVID, and how they grew to almost 19,000 members despite being invite only. Take a listen. Nora, could you describe what Modern Sales is and what you do in your role there? So Modern Sales is the world's largest revenue leadership community. Uh, Our members are leaders in sales operations, sales management, sales enablement, and related supporting disciplines. We don't have individual contributor salespeople, so AEs or SDRs, um, which really helps us keep the quality of discussion in the community high. And what I do for them is, I mean, I'm events and community manager there, so what I do is I put together all of the programming, so I'm working on uh, events that will delight and inspire our community members, and also really working with the community to see what they want. Yeah, you got to know what they want if they're going to be delighted and inspired. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So could you break down all of the different facets that you're doing with the community program? Yeah, there's a lot of ways for them to get involved. So the biggest one and the original original way to get involved was through our online forum. So that's where people can communicate with their peers, um, weigh in on discussions, you know, what problem they're having in the revenue discipline. Um, We also now have you know, a ton of online events. So everything from networking to wine tasting to panel discussions to masterclasses and more. We're also really lucky because our community is so big, we can use them to put together research opportunities. So we can really take a pulse on what's happening. And then once we have those research, the research together, we can give it back. So our community really knows what's going on. For example, right now, state of sales. So people can tell us what they're doing with their quotas, how they're adjusting in the midst of all this COVID craziness. Um, Same with hiring and onboarding. And then eventually, and what we used to do and what was our really big bread and butter, I would say, was our in-person events. So that's definitely going to come back. TBD on timing. Right, yeah. (laughs) As per many things in life. But um, those are always a lot of fun as well. Yeah, I'd love to hear a little bit more about the, uh, the the surveys. So, how do you you know tactically go about collecting that? Is that you know one on one calls with people? Is that just doing like a, a detailed survey? How do you how do you go about actually getting and synthesizing that information from the community? Yeah, that's a real big opt in for us. So it's mainly um, working. It's it's never really an one on one. It's more of 
constantly just putting the opportunity in front of people to be a part of it. So when you come to our website, there's a pop-up that's like, hey, this is something we're doing. If you participate, like we'll be the first to receive the research back. Mm. Sending out, you know, uh, emails to our community, just giving them a heads up that this is what we're doing and this is what we're going to plan to do with the results. Um, And then also all of our follow-up from our events is just a reminder that like, hey, this is still going on. Um, We just want you to know, like you have this much time left to participate and then this is when you can expect to see back from it. That's smart. So instead of like, because I think most people approach it as, hey, we're doing this big, you know, survey research project and trying to reach out and, and get everyone involved. But yours is basically continuous. So you're always putting in these little, like you said, after events or when they hit the website, these like little points where you can get that and collect that feedback over time. Yeah. We don't want to be like too overpowering or spam people with it, but we really right. want to make sure that like wherever they come and access MSP, they have a chance to see that they can do this thing. Absolutely. And uh, another thing that community people have a hard time with is, you know, tying back to business goals. Cause obviously, you know, we're community people, we're people, people, <laughs> but we obviously have to have some sort of justification for doing all of these uh, great programs. And since yeah. <laughs> MSP is literally all about sales, uh, how do you approach, you know, tying community back to business goals and kind of proving the case for community? You know, we're really lucky because um, it all comes back to our community. Like we stand alone or our community stands alone. So our entire business goal is solely to grow grow and engage the members. So everything we do and what keeps our content and programming quote unquote pure is our goal is solely to engage our community and to grow it. We realize that all the people in our community, they're sales leaders, they're high octane, they're busy people. So in light of that, to continue to make this community place that they want to join, we hold ourselves to three goals for any event that we do or any, anything that we put in front of our community is, are they going to learn something new? Are they going to meet someone new? And are they going to have a good time? And if you stand by those three principles, we've been able to uh, make this a place that it does engage the community, does grow it. And so our business goal is continually, uh, continually going. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And, and you know, uh, Startup Grind, which was the inspiration for Bevy. And now, of course, Bevy does this podcast, was also on, you know, three values. So yeah, it's, it's, it's funny what happens when you really dedicate yourself to like, okay, we're going to stick ourselves very closely to, you know, a small core set of values that all basically tie back to making sure, you know, community members grow and have a good time and that kind of thing. I think that's the most important thing when you have a community is keep it simple. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like you can have yeah. all these crazy ideas of things you want to do, but if you like really have the, the original principles that you stick to, that's what's going to make your community even better. Absolutely. And uh, earlier you mentioned that basically the primary goal of of MSP as a whole is to grow the community, Mm -hmm. which we obviously love to hear. Those are our favorite. What does growth mean? Because growth can be members, growth can be number of events. Like how do you approach the actual like metric of of growth? We have a couple different metrics that we track, but the biggest thing for us is growth of community members. So for us, it's we're growing six to 8% month over month. And that's increasing as the size of the community grows because Obviously, more people are coming to events or sharing our community and continually just adding people to us. Um, and also, fittingly, I mean, we're actually closer to 19,000 strong because, um, nice. as I said, it's growing. But uh, since we just discussed coming on this podcast, which uh, feels very, very fitting for this. And you have an invite only model, which not a, a ton of com- uh, communities do. Can you share why you do that and you know why it's been so valuable to building your community? So I like to call our community black licorice. Um, 
in terms of it's not for everyone, but for the people who love it, they really love it. Yes. So our community that it really loves discussing the minutia of sales ops or enablement or like, let's talk about your CRM and what you could do to make it better and what's broken in your tech stack. Not everyone is here for those discussions, um, but the people who are, they love it. And those sales nerds, as we like to call them, are sales nerds, no other sales nerds. So again, it's, it's a, it's a place that just kind of keeps adding to itself. Obviously there's some criteria. Uh, like I said before, you can't be a, a sales SDR or an AE to join, but, um, I think because of the high quality people we're letting in, it just continues to be high quality place for conversations. Yeah, I love that philosophy. Not just I am actually a big black licorice friend, um, (laughs) (laughs) but I love that because, you know, people think like, oh, I need to, you know, to, to hit certain growth goals. I need to be as broad as possible or something along that line. And six to eight percent a month for a community that's over 10,000. That's a great metric. And so I I love that you have been very focused on keeping that quality. And like you said, at the end of the day, the best thing that grows it is word of mouth, right? And like you said, these sales nerds know other sales nerds. So focusing on that, I'm sure, has just really helped with the word of mouth growing the community, I'm sure. Absolutely. So you mentioned your, you know, in-person events, C2C events uh, that you had in dozens of cities before COVID happened. But obviously COVID has happened. Uh, (laughs) How have you adapted and, and what are you doing you know, in the interim uh, to do events? And how were you thinking about, if if at all yet, about, you know, going back and bringing them back to IRL? I mean, personally, adaption took a little bit. It was really rough the first couple of weeks. I'll be honest. I love in-person events. Yeah. But as a team, the, the easiest thing for us is that, you know, we stand alone and we're very true to ourselves. Our top priority is and always will be our community. So it doesn't matter if it's online or in person, we can do it all. We messed it up at the first round. We tried to take what we did offline and put it online. And um, these peer-to-peer learning events don't translate. Right. But instead of just blindly pushing forward, and also because we can adapt pretty quickly, we're a small team, we're very flexible, we were able to take a step back and say, wow, that was bad. What, What do we do that's important for the community and how can that translate? So what we've done is we create a bunch of different options for our members to engage with Um, without sitting through the things they don't want to. So we've gotten really good at networking, lunches, wine tastings, peer learnings, and listening to the experts. We can put these together in a whole bunch of combinations so people don't have to sit through things that they don't like and things that they don't want to engage with. So the biggest thing for us is is the creativity that we've been able to express throughout this. And I think that's what's really keeping all of us going is our boss is amazing and given us so much freedom to say, okay, you know our, our three principles Go and run with it. Go and come up with some some amazing stuff. You know, sky's the limit until it's not, and we'll go from there. So being able to really run with some of these ideas and work for our community um, has made us all a lot happier. Um, and digital events, let's face it, they can be anything you want. We're still pushing the envelope. Totally. Absolutely. Yeah, we had a, we had a guest just a week or two ago um, who was talking about how they had a large conference and they had like a DJ dance party, you know, with virtually. And they had, you know, food trucks delivering, uh, you know, whereas you would go in person. So what what are some of those um, things that you've now tried and tested to, you know, adapt with the, with the online events? 
All, we've always done um, peer learning events. So our salons or in-person salons, we've taken them online. And we had a summit a couple weeks ago where we had our most successful, I'd say, virtual salon yet. So people come in, we break them out into small groups to get to know each other, um, have you know peer conversations, peer learning about sales topics. That translates well when you have a, a really great group of people who are focused on the topic. Some things that we've been able to try, though, we've been able to try a sommelier sending out a bunch of wine to people and then doing those same small group topics. But it's a heck of a lot more fun when you're asking questions about a, a glass of champagne in your hand. Right. <laughs> um, and when you're networking with your, you know, a nice glass of wine and some cheese and, and the person you're networking with has the same thing in front of them. Right. So those are those are a couple of things okay. we've been able to, to move online. Along with uh, our leadership dinners, we have our in-person leadership dinners were a small group of VPs, CROs, CXOs, basically. And taking that online just means everyone gets it in their house, kind of like that food truck idea. So right. just making sure you can translate the in-person part to a really intimate event online where people feel comfortable and people are sharing some sort of experience, I think is the most important thing to do when you're thinking about bringing people together. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Um now, you, you mentioned you're almost at 19K. Uh, congratulations on that, <laughs> which is especially impressive given that it's invite only. Uh, we talked about word of mouth and other things, but are there any other you know, levers uh, or channels that help with growing and the growth of the community? Yes, we're actually still so stoked. We just launched a website at the start of COVID. So we grew to about 13,000 members without a real website. Which No kidding. Wow. Which is, I mean, saying out loud, just like so silly. <laughs> so yeah. amazing, actually. It's very impressive. Thank you. Um, we're still kind of in disbelief that, that it took <laughs> us that long. But with when COVID hit, we finally had time to get down to brass tacks and launch our website. And um, now we have a landing page where people can learn everything about MSP. It's, that's really helped explode our growth. We also have a YouTube channel. I don't know if YouTube's still cool, but we think it is. And we're putting up highlight videos of our wine events. We're putting up, um, you know, Marco Berge was our keynote speaker at the summit. And that's just had a ton of views um, and been a great place for, for people to come learn what MSP is and then move on to the website. And then in general, like I said, the way we grow is to have high quality people with high quality conversations. And mm -hmm. that model has just really proven time and again that it works for us. Yeah, well, I, I know you said it's embarrassing, but in my opinion, it's <laughs> impressive. Um, we actually had with, with Bevy, I can't even remember when we eventually like made a website and everything for it. But, you know, originally it was just for startup grind and we called it the dashboard. Mm -hmm. Right. And we didn't have like a front facing website, you know, a landing page, essentially. Yeah. And everyone was like, why, why don't you have a website? And we're like, we have the dashboard. <laughs> <laughs> didn't even have a name for it. So I think I think there is something to be said for when you have, you know, a community that is growing so well despite not having yeah. a website, that to me is a really good sign. Whereas you could have, you know, like a growth, quote unquote, growth hacker come in and like, oh, you will bring in all these like signups and whatnot, but you don't have a, mm -hmm. a true community being built. So. I think too. So we had Google Slides. Um, I was hired with okay. Google Slides. There we go. Um, our entire team was hired with Google Slides, which we're all like, we're, you know, I think that's, our team is pretty amazing. And so I think it speaks really highly of um, those that hired us that, and this community that we were uh, able to be a part of it through that. But um, it was really important to get a sense of what we needed in a website too before we launched it. Exactly. So if everyone's on the forum, it doesn't matter where else we have ourselves. 
Yeah, and I'm sure you had plenty of data at that point to build the website. Yeah, we had a with, bunch so. of people to talk to. <laughs> so as we come to a close, there's a question that we always ask, which is, "What's a community you love, and why do you love it?" Um, yeah, I will say. So what I love about MSP was it gave me exposure to what is still really a white male discipline, and but that is also it's still a white male discipline. So we have done internal um, uh, launched an internal committee called our D- uh, Diversity, Equality, Inclusion Committee to work on that, but. I would have to say one thing, I, I've always gone to this other community called Women in Sales Everywhere. The, it's spoken by this woman called Alex Adamson, who's absolutely fantastic, but it's sales discussions that are hyper-focused on women in sales. So a place for all these women who are in sales leadership to share highs and their lows, everything in between, and be really supportive of each other in this discipline. Um, and I think it's, if you're interested, it's a phenomenal place to check out. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And 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 on that topic, you know, what do you think I think the fact that you've put that together for MSP is great. What do you think, how do you suggest other people, you know, do the same on uh, figuring out different efforts to make sure that their own community, because, you know, most of the people listening are in tech, which is also very white and very male. How do you suggest other people kind of do something similar for their own communities? I think in general, just really be true to your community still. So for ours, we're we're doing initiatives such as um, working with uh, other companies that are trying to get to the root of the problem, which is not a lot of people coming in who aren't white males in SDR roles and AE roles and getting them into sales early. So partnering like a mentorship program, we're hosting a monthly event, whether it's sponsored or not. Um, we have a monthly event that is going to be on a diversity, equality, inclusion topic, and also making sure the people who are speaking at our events are not all one color and not all male. Um, to be frank. And so I think if you just look at the little things, you can't, you can't overhaul everything and that's not true to you, but really just looking at things that you can change and things that you can start to push in your own organization, just little, little challenges every day. Um, I think that's the best way to, to just start it and yours and also have a committee because then you have other people to talk to. Yes. Love everything about that. Uh, awesome. Well, thank you so much, Nora, for uh, being on the show. It was great having you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This was really fun. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, please leave a review wherever you listen to this. If you'd like to see more about how to create your own event community, go to bevylabs.com slash pod. That's B-E-V-Y-L-A-B-S dot com slash pod.